Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. So we're so thankful that you decided to spend your time here with us this morning, but we do believe that there's something valuable for us to look at today as as we start to seek to follow Jesus and and see what it is that he has for us. And we are in the fifth and final week of our series called Living in Your New Story. And what we've been doing in this series is we've been talking about what it means for us to live in the new story that Christ has for us. This has really been a series where we've been looking at our vision, which is that people would discover the new story that Christ has for them. And then we've been breaking down our core values, which we say our core values, if you are living these out, then you are living in the new story. You're living in the new life that Christ has for you. And so if you've been coming to New Story for a while, a lot of what we've talked about in this series has been something you've probably heard before. But if you're new to New Story, this has been a great series to walk through because we're, we're laying the foundation. We're talking about who we are and why we do what we do. And why we do things the way we do them and everything like that. And so our core values are this. Uh, the first week we talked about how if you're living in your new story, we're going to be people of service and celebration. We serve God and we serve others. We exist to serve because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's what Jesus came to do. So we serve. We celebrate. We celebrate God and we celebrate others. In fact, a way of celebrating others is to serve them. Uh, second value that we talked about was trust, is we choose to trust God. God and trust others. Trust is not always easy. Trust can be difficult, but we are going to be people who walk in trust. Uh, a third value is outstanding effort. We give outstanding effort. We give excellence in all that we do as if we are doing it for him. All that we do in word and deed as if we are doing it for Christ. And then last week we talked about relationships. We care about growing our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And my wife spoke last week and didn't she do a great job? We can make some noise. Yeah, Kim was great. And then here in our final week, we're talking about the core value that we've probably talked about the most here at New Story, is that as we live in our new story, we choose to say yes to God. Every year at the end of the year, we end with our say yes to God giving time where we choose to give above and beyond, and we see God move in amazing ways. But this is not just about giving, this is about a way of life. That when we choose to follow Jesus, that we say, hey, our yes is on the table. That even when it doesn't make sense, even when things seem a little strange, even when we don't have all of the answers, even in those moments where things might seem confusing, we are going to, as we talked about, put our trust in him and say yes to God. There might be moments where it's, I don't know, but we are going to choose to say yes to him because you know what? When he gave his life for you, he said yes to you. He said yes to giving you another opportunity of life. He said yes to allowing you to have a new story. And since he has given his yet, we are going to give our yes to him and choose to follow him, even when it seems complex or difficult, or we may not always have all of the answers. And what we're going to do this week is we're going to stay in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is our core verse. I'll read that in just a few moments. We look at that verse almost every week here as a church. It's where we get our name and our mission and our vision. But we're going to break down verses 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to walk through this text and look at three different ways that each and every one of us can say yes to God. And the first way is this. We say yes to a new life. When we say yes to God, we are saying yes to living in a new life. When we say yes to I'm going to give my life to Jesus, we're not just saying yes to, oh, I'm going to get to the good place one day. 
We are saying yes to a transformational relationship where Jesus said eternal life is that they know me, that we begin to know Jesus right here, right now, and he begins to change us for in our very being. He begins to change who we are. He begins to change how we act and respond, and we begin a journey of becoming more and more like Christ. We are saying yes to a new life. That means that we are saying no to sin. That means that we are saying no to the old life. That means we are saying no to those things that hold us down. Sometimes it's easy to think, oh, I'm saying yes to this new life. Oh, it's all good. It's this. But, but it also means that we're saying yes to that which was holding us down. It means we say, it means we, I'm sorry, it means we say no to those things that were holding us down. It means we say no to what, Jan, what John would refer to as the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. When we say yes to Jesus, we are saying no to sin. We are saying no to those things that were hurting us and harming us and hurting our relationship with God and hurting our relationship with others. And we are saying yes to a brand new type of life. We're saying yes to a new way of being human. We're saying yes to a new way of freedom and life that has been given to us in Christ. Amen. Amen. When we say yes to him, we are saying no to the old. That doesn't mean that we'll always say no. Yes, we will all fall. We will all have moments where we slip up, where we make mistakes, where we choose sin, where we choose what we know we shouldn't choose. But what we're, eventually, what we're ultimately going to recognize is that it is by grace we have been saved through faith and he will restore us and continue to bring us into the new life that he has for us. Saying yes to him is saying yes to a new life. Saying yes to him is saying no to the old. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. New things have come. There are some of you here today or maybe watching us online and you feel like you've been stuck in a rut. You feel like your life is just stuck in this same cycle of going around and around over and over and over again. And you're wondering, is there any way out of this? Is there any way, is there a, a new way, is there another opportunity that I could have? Is there, is there a way out of this? Because it feels like I'm stuck. Sometimes you might feel like you're stuck in a circumstance or you might feel as if you're stuck in your own poor decisions that you continue to make over and over again. There's so many different ways of feeling stuck. And I want you to hear this so clearly today that when you say yes to Jesus and his invitation to following him, he will set you free. And he has a brand new life in store for you. And if you're here today and you're feeling hopeless or lost, he looks at you and he's saying yes to you. And he's inviting you to follow him just as he invited his disciples to follow him 2,000 years ago. And it is in him that you can become a new creation. That that which was in the old and was holding you down and suppressing you and hurting you and, and making you feel stuck and trapped. You, that you can begin to be brought out of. And in Christ, you can be set free indeed. You can be made a new creation in him. When we say yes to him, we are saying yes to a new life in him. You can have that new life today. It just begins with saying yes to following Jesus. But as we begin to say yes to this new life, as we're saying no to the old life and saying yes to this new life, we begin to say yes to being part of a new community, a new group of people. We're saying yes to being a part of this group here called the church. It's one of the reasons we gather here on Sunday mornings is because we do not want to neglect meeting together, but we want to be gathered together and support one another and encourage one another. It's why we have story groups. It's why we serve together outside a new story church, because we believe that we are called to be a new people who live life together, who help out one another together, who serve together. 
and become a new people together. This isn't just about you figuring things out on your own. It's about us being a new people in a new community together. When we read the book of Acts, which is the earliest record of the church getting started. Jesus has ascended into heaven and we're seeing the, first, the Holy Spirit has fallen and these people are living full of the Holy Spirit and, and we're seeing them do miraculous and amazing things. And we read in Acts chapter two that they were building one another up in community. And then we read it again in Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four says this, and the congregation of those who believed were of one of heart and soul and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them. For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them in the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as any had need." So what were they doing? They were existing as one. They were existing in community with one another. Did you know that Jesus prayed in John 17 that we as the church would be unified? When we say yes to this new life, we are saying yes to being a part of a new group of people that lives in unity, that we exist in unity, that we should not have a bunch of division and rivalries and hierarchies among ourselves, but we exist as one in Christ. Acts 2 says that they were together praising God and worshiping together and people were being saved and rescued and experiencing new life in Christ. But it also says that they were living out a life of generosity as we just read in Acts chapter 4 where they were sharing things with one another. They were sharing life together. They were caring for one another. And I just want to say here for a moment, I am so thankful for the heart of New Story Church. That we have a church here of people, you are committed to sharing and being generous and caring, not just for our church, but also for this community. Yesterday, we had a team of people serving at Kenton Closet, which is a, a local organization here that provides clothing and school supplies for students in this area who can't afford them. And we had a group of people there, and uh, we, we last year we did the backpacks with them and we did it in an hour. And this year we were like, we got to beat our time. We did it in 45 minutes. We went through all their backpacks for them, took them apart and were able to help them so that they could uh, give backpacks in the right way because they have all this organization process that I don't need to get into right now, but I'm kind of getting into it. So I need to stop. But anyways, they have this organ and we helped them. We helped them. It was, was the bottom line. And, and, and we were able to serve. And there's so many people in this church. You've, you've served with Eight Days of Hope. You've served with Kenton Closet. And we have these different partners and in, in ministries. And we're so thankful for your generosity with your time, but also with your finances. We've been able to support ministries like Eight Days of Hope financially. We've been able to support uh, Kenton Closet financially. We've been able to support Operation Hope, which has been providing food for people who live in the Jefferson Avenue community close to the tops where the tragedy happened a few months ago. We were able to give a check for $1,000 to Operation Hope, which is providing food to families in that community. We collected 53 bags of groceries for families in that community, and that's because of you saying yes to God. Over the past two years as a church, we've supported Eight Days of Hope, Operation Hope, Kenton Closet. We've supported Excel, which is a church planting network. We've supported a few other organizations. But just listen to this. We're not even two years old yet. But in our almost two years of existence as a, as a church, we as a church have given away over $35,000. And that's because of you. That's because you're saying yes to God. And we are not stopping there. We are going to keep giving. 
We're going to keep listening to needs. We're going to continue to provide. We do our Say Yes to God giving campaign at the end of every year. Typically, we give away 10% of that. This year, we're going to give away 25% of that when we do it. Because we are committed to this community. We are committed to this city. And we want, we want everyone, even if they don't come to New Story Church, we want people to say that church has been a blessing to this community. And so far you have been that because you're saying yes to God. You're saying yes to a new life. You're saying yes to a new community. And you're saying, yes, we are going to bring hope and life to this city and to this community. And I wanted to say thank you for that. And we're going to keep doing that. And you can join in with us. You can serve with us. You can give with us. You can be a part of this with us. Because we're going to say yes to him. Even when it doesn't always make sense, we're going to take that step of faith and say yes to the new life that he's called us to. Secondly, we say yes to reconciliation. We say yes to being a people of reconciliation. Uh, One of the things that I've said here time and time again is God did not just save you for the sake of you, but for the sake of others. God did not just save you for the sake of you, but for the sake of others. Sometimes when we get wrapped up in telling our testimonies, we just talk about, well, God did this for me and I did, and this happened for me. And, it, and I hear someone's testimony and they mention I and me more than, more than they mention God. It's like it's all wrapped up in I, 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 me, 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 I, 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 and I get it. God loves you. God deeply loves you. God has rescued you. He's given you new life. He's given you a promise of eternal life. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, but he didn't give you that just so you could hold on to it. He has given us new life. He has rescued us. He has given us salvation so that we can then be filled in him and be strengthened by him and then give to those around us so that we can be filled in him to be ministers, as Paul's going to say here, of reconciliation. When we have been reconciled to God because in our sin we were separated from him, but then we are reconciled to him through the sacrifice of Christ. We are reconciled to God, which means we are brought to peace with God. We are brought to unity with God. We are brought to wholeness in God. That's not just for you to hold on to for yourself. It is for us then to bring to the world around us. We become people who aren't just reconciled to God, but we bring his message of reconciliation we bring his message of peace. We bring his message of hope and life and unity to the world around us. We as the church should not be known as the people of division. We should be known as the people of unity. We should be known as the people who bring hope and life. And that's why Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So yes, Paul says we have been reconciled to God through Christ, but he also says he has given us the ministry of reconciliation and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So once we've been reconciled to God, once we've been brought to peace with God in Christ, we then carry that message with us. You know what that means? We don't run from messes. We don't run from difficulty. We don't run from the situations that might be a little bit uncomfortable. We don't want to run away from the things that might be awkward. As the people of God, we run right into those things. Now listen closely. We don't run into them as the experts. Oh, we have all the answers. No, we run into those situations and we serve as people of service. We go in with humility And we say, how can we serve here? Sometimes we run into these situations that are difficult and we just want to be the answer people. Did you do this, did you do that? Did you do this, did you do that? Well, you just must not be following God enough. That's why this happened. It's like, okay, could you just calm down a little bit? You don't always have all the answers. We don't go with the people with all the answers. 
We go in as the people who are ready to serve. I mentioned just a few moments ago the incident that happened on May 14th where a man who was driven by racism, hate, and violence, and division drove to our city and took the lives of 10 people, injured three, and traumatized an entire community. And it's in a moment like that where we as the church have to ask ourselves, first of all, have we in any way ever contributed to division? Because if we have, we need to repent of it. And secondly, when people are hurting, how can we start to serve to bring healing? Not how can we have all of the answers to bring healing. How can we start serving? So as soon as that happened, I I reached out to some friends of mine who have churches uh, right very close to that top. A friend of mine, Andre Clark. And And I said, Pastor, what can we do? And that's why we collected groceries, because he said, hey, can you collect some groceries? That's why we ended up giving funds to Operation Hope. He said, hey, we need some money to continue to give food. And, he, and then I, I'd connected with Steve Tiber of Eight Days of Hope. And uh, he said, and he, he let, let me in on this little secret that Eight Days of Hope was going to be providing some home renovations and furniture for families who lost loved ones in the shooting. And so we started this Buffalo Relief Fund. And we as a church collected $1,500. We then gave that $1,500 to Eight Days of Hope. And Eight Days of Hope was able to use that towards renovations of some of those homes and providing furniture. In fact, I was a part of a team that got to deliver furniture to some of the homes of those families. And they were so grateful. But it was in a moment like that where some churches stayed silent some sadly, some sadly kind of contributed to division in some ways even more. But you as a church stood up and we said, no, we're going to be a part of healing. We don't know how, but we're here to serve. And in a situation that the enemy wanted to use to continue to divide the church, that the enemy wanted to use to continue to divide our city, you stepped up and we decided to serve in that moment. And through your generosity, we started seeing God bring about a message and ministry of reconciliation in our city. I want you to see even more of how God did that, even through Eight Days of Hope, through what you were a part of, through your serving, for those of you who served with Eight Days of Hope, and through your generosity. Channel 4 was able to, to capture this story. So if you would, please turn your attention to the screen for just a moment. All week, we have followed along with Eight Days of Hope on their visit to Buffalo. Their original plan of helping residents in the Fillmore District changed after the May 14th top shooting. Tonight, they are helping families restore love after being devastated by that hateful act. News 4's Hope Winter has more. Love you, girl. Yes, ma'am. I thank God for Eight Days of Hope. I thank God for this whole organization because it restored to me a trust in other people that for a couple of days, a few weeks, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't have it. In the past seven days, Eight Days of Hope has helped over 150 local families with home renovations. But for one family, they are restoring much more than just the front porch windows. 
What Eight Days of Hope has done for me is has restored trust. And when I say trust, I'm not, I'm talking about, to be very honest, a trust in people who are a different color than me. After May 14th, I would drive in my car and look to the side. And if I saw someone, I would be afraid. Is this person gonna harm me? Pamela is the daughter of Miss Pearl Young, a victim of the racist mass shooting at Jefferson Avenue Tops on May 14th. Miss Pearl Young was known to the community as a person of love, a saint of faith, and radiated that to every person she met. That she was a beacon of hope, of light, she was a woman of love. One of the last conversations Miss Pearl Young had with her daughter Pamela was about her dream to restore her home for her family. Eight Days of Hope is not only helping fulfill her wish, but helping her legacy live on. We as a community can't ignore what happened that day, but we can't let that day define what this community is about. 18 windows replaced, a fresh coat of paint, and dozens of lending hands later. Miss Pearl Young's final wishes are granted. The true restoration is what happens on the inside. And I'm telling you, that's what Eight Days of Hope has done. It's done that for me and my heart. I believe it's what it's done for people in the community as well. In Buffalo, Hope Winter News 4. All week we have... That's what it means for us to be people of reconciliation. Those words that she said, she said, it restored trust. That's what happens when we say yes to him and allow him to move through us. Or we say, hey, we don't really know how this is all going to work out, God. We don't really know, but, but we're just going to say yes to you. And when we give the credit to him and we take up the assignment that he has given us, to be ministers of reconciliation. He will bring healing. He will bring restoration. And what the enemy intended for evil, he will somehow find a way to use it for good because that's who he is. So I just want to say thank you to New Story Church for being generous people with your time, with your resources, because it is through that we can continue to be a beacon of light and be people of reconciliation and peace and restoration in a dark world. We are fighting the enemy. We are going after the kingdom of darkness and we're going to continue to do everything we can to say yes to him and be people of light. Amen? Amen. Okay, one more thing. We say yet, you say yes to your new responsibility. When we say yes to God, we say yes to our new responsibility. Our new responsibility is to be people of reconciliation. But Paul continues to elaborate on this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and he gives us a title. He gives us an identity. And this title and this identity is really a responsibility that has been placed on us by God. It's a responsibility that God has given you. It's a responsibility that God has given me. For those who said yes to him and have given our lives to Christ, this is our responsibility. He says this in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 through 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We could do a whole message on this. This is so beautiful. But he said, we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. You are an ambassador of Christ. 
as his follower. He has given you a divine responsibility as his representative. You are a representative of God. You are a representative of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We are pointing towards a new future. We are pointing towards a greater reality. We are pointing towards a love and a hope that can only be experienced in God as his ambassadors. We aren't going to get it right every single time, but he has said to you, hey, I've given you this responsibility to be my ambassador. We get to show the world who Jesus is. And there are two types of spiritual arrogance that can come in sometimes with this. Sometimes we get so wrapped up of, oh, you know, I'm an ambassador. And we become almost self-righteous with it, of, oh, I'm a child of God. And we start to draw a line and we put other people out and act like we're better than them. No, none of us would have that title if it wasn't for him. He's the one who gave it to us. And so, yes, we can stand confidently in him, but we also must move forward in humility. And then the other type of arrogance that comes in, it's not quite as obvious, but it can creep in sometimes. And I don't even know if I would call it an arrogance as much as I would call it a resisting of what God is doing, but there are some people where you see God using them. And you go to build them up and you're like, God is using you. You're clearly being an ambassador. You're clearly his workmanship. I, see, I saw God use you in this way, in this way, in this way. And they just reject it. They go, oh no, 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 I couldn't, it couldn't be me. Oh no, I'm just a sinner. Oh no, I'm just this. Oh, oh no, I'm just that. And, and in some ways, I think that's an attempt at humility. But in another sense, I want you to hear me very clearly on this. Do not reject the label that God has given you. Do not reject. When he calls you his ambassador, don't say, oh, I'm just a sinner. No, he says, you were a sinner, but I've reconciled you to myself and you are now an ambassador. And yes, we will fall into sin, but he has given you this new identity. So don't reject the label that God has placed on you. Sometimes we almost use that as an excuse to continue to live in the old life. Oh, I'm just this. Oh, I'm just that. And he's saying, no, I'm calling you forward into something new. I'm calling you forward into something greater. Don't become arrogant in it, but recognize what he has placed on you. You're his ambassador. You're his disciple. You are his child. You are his representative. You are his workmanship. You are a new creator in Christ Jesus. And it's not because of anything we've done. It's all because of what he has done. But in what he has done, he has given you a new role and a new responsibility to take up your cross and follow him and be a part of saying yes to him and bringing healing and hope and life to wherever it is you find yourself. He's called you to be his ambassador in your workplace. He's called you to be his ambassador in your family. He's called you to be his ambassador in your social gatherings and situations. Wherever you are, you are a representative of Christ. And in that, he's asking you to bring about a message of reconciliation. And so we say yes to our new responsibility in him. It can be heavy. It can be difficult. It can be complex. But it is worth it because it's the life that you were created and intended to live in. It's the life you were created for. So we are going to say yes to him. We're going to say yes to a new life, which means we're saying no to the old. We're saying yes to being people of reconciliation. We're going to be people who fight for and work for peace at all costs. And we're going to say yes to our new responsibility. You are his ambassador, which means that you have the opportunity to reflect him and who he is wherever you find yourself. This is what it means for us to say yes to God. If you would, please join me in prayer in this moment. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life so that we could have life. Jesus, we pray that we would learn what it means to continue to seek you and follow you and give our lives to you. 
Yes, in giving our lives to you, there's a promise of eternal life, but within that, there's also a calling that you've given us. There's an opportunity that you've given us to become who it is that you intended us to be. Not enslaved to sin, but serving you. To break out of that which is holding us down and to find life in you. For just a moment, with everyone's heads down and their eyes closed, if you're here today and you would like to either give your life to Jesus or you have given your life to Jesus and you just feel trapped in a cycle and you want to be set free, we're one of those places. If you want to give your life to Jesus today or you have given your life to Jesus and you just feel like you're stuck in a cycle and you want to be set free, everyone else's heads are down. Would you be bold enough to just raise your hand for a moment so I can pray for you? If you feel in one of those two places, just for a moment, awesome. I see you. Anyone else? Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Jesus, I pray for these. Either they're giving their life to you today, they're saying in their hearts, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving my life to you. Or maybe they feel trapped in a cycle. I pray that they would see that you've given them a way out. That you have set them free. That saying yes to you could be intimidating because it's us letting go of the controls. But we're giving the control to the one who's in control of all things. We're giving our lives to the one who gave his life for us. And I pray today for those who feel stuck, who feel in a rut, that they would feel your peace that surpasses all understanding, that they would experience the life that you have for them. And that in this moment, they would feel your, the voice of your Holy Spirit speaking to them, bringing them life and hope and freedom. And I pray, Jesus, that you would place the right people in their lives who they can talk to and walk through this season with and find hope in you, Lord. I pray for every one of us that as we journey through life, that we would be willing to say yes to you, say yes to the new, and experience the life that you have for us. In your name I pray, amen.